Oh, I can hear you. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I literally just changed to um, English interpretation. So if you said anything before, I might not have heard. If you can what, sorry? If you can record the session. Oh, it didn't work. I, I think I've given you permission. It says not done. Oh, I'll, I'll try removing it and adding it again. Let's see. Has that worked? No? Oh, no. Um, I'm not too sure. It says here that I've given you permission um, to record. Okay, let's try that. That works? Okay, brilliant. <laughs> okay, so I'll, um, I think it's all set up. And it's recording, so we'll get started um, with Mangalacharam. Om Manjana Timirandasya Nyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurum Militum Yena Tasmai Sri Guruve Namaha Siddhanto Palasara Nityarasikang Hansang Vilasatmakang Audaryakya Sadama Seva Kadanam Vishramba Bhakti Pradam Yakya Yukti Vichakshanam Bhagavito Vaishishta Shakya Sada Vandeyang Shriparari Namakayating Sri Bhakti Vedantinam Vanchakalpatrubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Ajano Lambita Bujau, Kanaka Vatatau, Sankirtanaika Batarau, Kamalaya Takshau, Vishwambarau, Dvijavarau, Yuga Dharma Palau, Vande Jagapriya Karau, Karuna Vatarau, Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito, Godadai Pushpavanto, Chitro Shando Tamonudau, Vande Yang Shri Ramakrishna Abhaya Charanasukau, Sukadau Paramanandau Sundarau Subalau Priyo. Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagapate. Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute. Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari. Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye. Vandana Karite Mui Kata Shakti Tari Tamo Budido She Mui Dambamatrakori. Tatapi mukera bhagya manera ulas, doshakshami modame koronijadas. Hare Krishna, everybody. Uh, welcome. Um, so, we're going to continue again um, today with exploring the psychology of Raj. So, we've been exploring the psychology of the Vrajvasis and also thinking of ways we might be able to implement um, some of these attributes in our own practice as sadhakas. Uh, so hopefully at some stage of our journey, whenever that might be, uh, we'll ideally become Vrajvasis ourselves, uh, however long that might take. Um, so in the first session, we discussed their complete selflessness and how it is because of them that Krishna in Vrindavan is the fullest expression of God the heart of the Godhead, uh, as it's sometimes described. And then last time, we discussed 
how the Rajvasis don't actually see Krishna as God. Uh, those, who, those who know Krishna most personally say Krishna is not God. <laughs> so we discussed many, many of the implications of that, particularly that underlying that sweetness, uh, there is a covered knowledge uh, to the highest degree that Krishna is God. Um, that is, because of the extent of their selfless giving, the aspect of God who can receive the most must be there in relation to them. But the actual godliness of Krishna becomes covered to both Krishna and the Vrajvasis because they love each other as they are. Like the Vrajvasis love Krishna because he is Krishna, not because he's God. But as we see in the example of the Vrajvasis, um, when they come in Gauralila, uh, they know the Krishna's God to the fullest extent. Uh, they know he's the center more than anyone. So similarly, for us, part of our process is really understanding and embracing the fact uh, that Krishna is the center, uh, understanding Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, that Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. And just, just as we should understand that Krishna is God, we also hold the ideal of the forgetfulness of Krishna being God, which is there in the Vrajvasis, uh, we hold that in a reverential way, in the hope that we may attract their mercy to be invited into that mood ourselves. Um, so we want to recognize how glorious that position is of the Vrajvasis. Um, and to cross over the reverence, we need their grace to help us overcome our worldliness, for example, or basically seeing ourselves at, as the center, just as they Krishna is the center completely for them. Uh, this is to help us, uh, we, we ask for their grace to help us overcome our seeing ourselves at the center, if you will, to make that transition, that paradigm shift. So we also discussed uh, briefly how, apart from deepening our, our Aishwarya, if you will, on one level, uh, through the mercy of Guru Angaranga, uh, changing our angle of vision, we still shouldn't forget the Krishna is more than God to us, uh, even now, wherever, whatever stage of bhakti we're in. Uh, he's also our dear friend. And so we briefly explored how that may play out for us as sadhakas, especially in sharing our heart with him in a friendly way and trusting that he will help us make progress in our pursuit of higher ideals. So today, the next psychological trait or tendency of the Vrajvasis that I want to explore is the fact that they see Krishna everywhere. Uh, they're always thinking of Krishna. So everything in their environment reminds them of Krishna and deepens their love for Krishna. Even when Krishna is not present before them, they sing about him and they see, see him before them in a different way, you could say. So our whole process of bhakti is developing this kind of vision. Um, even in the description of Vaidhi Bhakti, uh, there, there's a famous verse that I'm sure you'll all be familiar with that explains the purpose of all our practices of sadhana. Um, so in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu uh, 128, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami, he quotes from the Padma Purana and it says, one should always remember Vishnu and never forget him. 
All injunctions and prohibitions are based upon these two principles. So we're encouraged not to practice mindlessly. Uh, after all, one of the offenses to the holy name, for example, is sometime, which is sometimes said to be the cause of the others, is inattention. So we should understand the reason for anything we do uh, is to try and remember Krishna and never forget him, uh, just as the Vrajvasis do naturally. Now, that may not always be possible uh, in the early stages of our practice, being distracted by so many things. Uh, thankfully, uh, Srila, in his natural, merciful way, uh, Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur um, points out in his commentary to this verse uh, that Satatam means every day, not every second, since continuous remembrance would be impossible to do in Sadhana Bhakti. This would produce loss of faith in the rules of bhakti because they would be impossible to follow. <clears throat> Phew. <laughs> but as we make more and more progress, our remembrance of Krishna should be gradually increasing. Uh, in sadhana, we try to structure our lives to facilitate this, right? We may have a morning program, we have a daily japa, Maybe we offer arati if we have deities, we have our daily um, like scripture reading, for example, we hear classes. So we try to implement these powerful activities that help us remember Krishna, at least daily, if not more, uh, even if we have so many other things going on. I once, uh, well, a few times actually, I've heard my Guru Maharaj, um, when he speaks about the Diksha mantras, for example, that we chant these mantras at three junctions of the day. And this time uh, should be a time that help us step back from whatever else we're doing throughout the day and remember the purpose behind it. So if we have quite, even if we have quite absorbing or mentally consuming jobs, for example, these junctures of the day can be a good reason or, or time to remember why we're doing these things that we're doing. Um, and, and, you know, really facilitating this, this sadhaka life, um, which may include, you know, supporting Vaishnavas or a preaching mission or funding our own needs so we can remain psychophysically balanced to better engage in direct bhakti practices and so on. There are many reasons we might be doing other activities, but we step back from our other activities and recalibrate toward the main purpose, which, of course, is Krishna bhakti. Um, so in sadhana, we, we may have to make a more focused effort to remember Krishna and not forget him. But for the Rajvasis, it's impossible to forget Krishna, even if they tried to, as uh, they alluded to in the Brahmara Gita, uh, if you, you were hearing that series. So the, their deep love, the Rajvasis' deep love, impels them to remember Krishna at all times. They have such a thirst to see Krishna because he's their life and soul. As we know, he's actually everyone's life and soul, but they know this on a very deep level. There's a nice example in um, Briha Bhagavatamrita, uh, in Sanatana Goswami's commentary, uh, where he, he met, speaks about um, Krishna's friends being unable to tolerate uh, obstructions to seeing him, for example. Uh, so in verse 2584, 
um, the verse goes as follows. Although that reciprocal affection seems to follow the ways of the ordinary world, it is beyond the world. It combines intimate sweetness, amazing opulence, and worldly simplicity. But in his commentary, Srila Sanatan Goswami says, Krishna's friends are constantly desirous of seeing him, so much so that they cannot tolerate even the momentary obstruction caused by Krishna's passing behind a tree. And the blessed cowherd girls have no interest in life other than him. Whether separated from him, or going out to meet him, or enjoying his company, they relish all sorts of extraordinary ecstasy. So even the cows of Raj, uh, who of course are also Rajvasis, we shouldn't forget the cows of Raj, of Rajvasis also, um, they're also so attached to seeing Krishna and have such realization of him being their life and soul and vice versa. Uh, there's a, a, a part in the Gopal Champu where it says, Whenever they are satisfied, so too is he. Whenever they are hungry, he is as well. He calls them near again and again, and pressing against them, he relishes their scent and further embraces them, examining, examining, uh, excuse me, examining them closely and feeding them. Without him, their hearts are empty and they stand motionless as if they were painted. Only when they are reunited with him do they recover, smelling, seeing, hearing, tasting, and touching him. So the residents of Raj, the Rajvasis, they always want to see Krishna and engage all their senses in him, actually, and can't help but think of him, even when they're not physically with him. Just as we know, um, Krishna, when he was in Dwaraka, uh, he's always thinking of the residents of Raj. Similarly, the residents of Raj are always thinking of Krishna, even when they're not physically with him. They can't live without thinking of him. And we, we've heard many of these examples, as I say, in the Brahmara Gita series. When, when Krishna is not physically before the Brajbasis, still, the environment around them serves, them serves to remind them always uh, of him. They always think of Krishna and everything they see reminds, reminds them. And so this can also help us in many ways. It's worth giving a brief intro introduction to the term Udipana. Uh, many of you will have heard this term many times. Uh, our Guru Maharaj uh, often brings up in his classes uh, even this Sunday, uh, there was a discussion in response to Kanuram Prabhu's question. But for those unfamiliar, Udipanas are the stimuli uh, that evoke certain behaviors or emotional expressions in the devotees. So they see something, for example, and it triggers a particular emotion. Um, so these, these stimuli, stimulus that evoke uh, these emotions, these bhavas. So there's a nice verse uh, about Udipanas in the first wave of the Southern Ocean of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Before Srila Rupa Goswami goes into a detailed discussion and description of the various Udipanas or stimuli. 
So he says there in 21301 to 302, things that nourish the bhava of the practitioner are called udipanas or stimuli. These are things such as Krishna's qualities, pastimes, decorations, his smile, the fragrance of his body, his flute, horn anklets, conch, footprints, his dham, tulasi, devotees, and festival days such as Janmashtami and Ekadashi. Now, although in the technical context, the discussions of these stimuli are how they arouse certain bhavas or emotional expressions in higher stages, the concept is a nice one, even when applied in a general sense, that upon seeing certain things, for example, one can't help but think of Krishna and hopefully have certain feelings for him, uh, even if it, they might not technically be Baba. Um, but so even when in physical separation from Krishna, the Vrajvasis are reminded of Krishna in different ways. Uh, we hear many of you will have read Krishna book, for example, or the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, where we hear of the madness of the gopis uh, when Krishna left the Rasa dance and how the different plants and trees would remind uh, the gopis of Krishna in different ways. Uh, another nice example that I, I, I really like is this concept of Goduli. So Goduli is the dust that arises in the distance uh, from cow's hooves when, when uh, the cowherd boys and Krishna are coming back from the forest. So they see, see this dust in the distance. And this, the sight of this dust arouses everyone's happiness because uh, the Vrajvasis are really eager to see Krishna again uh, after a long day being separated from him. So it reminds everyone in the village, you know, Krishna's uh, returning very soon. He's nearby. So it's very beautiful. Uh, you know, they're eager, very eager to see Krishna again more and more. And these things uh, elicit these responses. And we see this trait in Mahaprabhu as well. This was also discussed a little on the Sunday call, the Swami call, that uh, Mahaprabhu would see Raj everywhere, that everywhere became an Udipana or a stimulus for him. Uh, they would remind him of Vrindavan. He saw the sand dunes as Govardhan Hill. He saw every body of water as Yamuna. And he, he was just so absorbed in the psyche of uh, Vraj that everywhere became Vraj to him. He saw Vraj in everything. So there's, there's a nice quote uh, from our Guru Maharaj's uh, Srila Bhaktivedanta Triparari Maharaj um, in his Bhagavad Gita introduction. He says, ultimately, the theological resolution to the apparent contradiction in which Vraj Bhakti issues from the lips of the Prince of Dwaraka lies in the power of Bhakti itself. Devotees see Krishna in everyone and everything by the force of their love for him. Sri Chaitanya is said to have made the statement, Mora Mana Vrindavan, my mind is Vrindavan, Raj. He saw all rivers as the Raj's Yamuna, all mountains as its Govardhan. In the majestic Jagannath deity of Sri Dampuri, he saw Raj's sweet Dira Lalita Krishna, flute in hands, head adorned with peacock feather. 
in trying to become Vrajvasis ourselves, we also want to attain that ideal, you know, that our minds are so absorbed in Vrindavan, that all rivers, for example, remind us of the Yamuna. Now that might hap not, not happen right away. I, I can't say that happens to me uh, every time I see a river, unfortunately. Um, but I'm sure we have all have these experiences of how from time to time we see something in the environment and it reminds us of Krishna or the devotees. And we want to cultivate that more and more. So this practice in practicing um, in one sense, Raganuga Bhakti, or whether it's Jata or Ajata, um, you know, we want to follow the Ragatmakas. So we also want to learn to see the world in, in such a way. And of course it can't be imitated. And it may not be the case right now that we see a rain cloud, for example, and that cloud will become an Udipana for an ecstatic emotion, as it may do for those who have deep feelings for Krishna. But we do want to walk in that direction. And so many aspects of our sadhana are there to help us in this, uh, always remembering and never forgetting, uh, as the verse we quoted earlier said. We, we wanted to go from a place where we have to make some effort to where it becomes a very natural thing that everything reminds us of Krishna because we've heard so much about him and how the rest of existence relates to him in different ways. And so that effort will attract grace also. So they will work together to help us make further progress. There are many examples in the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, in a general sense of how we can naturally think of Krishna. I'm sure many of us have had this experience where we've read how Krishna is the essence of different things in the environment, uh, like in the seventh chapter, for example. And we naturally think of him uh, when we encounter those things. Water is a great example. We need to drink every day to stay alive, uh, unless we're doing uh, Nirjal Ekadashivrat, of course. Uh, but there's always that opportunity when we take a drink of water to think of Krishna. Uh, so you, I'm sure you're all familiar with this verse 7 8. That we, um, he says, O son of Kunti, Arjuna, I am the taste of water, the light of the sun and the moon the syllable Om in the Vedic mantras. I am the sound in ether and the ability in man. But the more we hear the Leelas, sometimes we may remember the Vrajvasi psychology and maybe even some genuine feeling to want to at least attain that will be there. So for example, when we're really thirsty, maybe we come inside from a really hot day and we drink some water, we might think to ourselves, you know, when will I really experience the quenching nature of Krishna in the way that he, he does uh, satisfy the thirst of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, for example? Maybe we don't experience that, but we can think along those lines, like, I, I can experience this, I know how it feels, this quenching of water. And so, oh, to feel such, a, such an experience, to, to have such a, a deep attachment um, and absorption and love for Krishna. So we want to pray to experience such a thing. And as we say, not, not that we have to artificially kind of do that each time we do different things, but certainly our minds can go to Krishna and, and the nature of, of the Vraj, uh, Vrajbasi's uh, love in, in all the different things we do, whether it's taking a sip of water or looking at the clouds, these different things, with a prayerful mood that we might have a glimpse of that. 
And naturally this will happen more and more. The more we hear about Krishna and the Rajvasis, you may remember, we I think it was last time or the first session, and we, we, we um, spoke about, it was in the first session about how um, uh, Raganuga, one, one develops this deep greed that really defines someone practicing Raganuga Bhakti. And that comes from hearing from the scriptures about uh, the, the sweetness of the love of the Vrajvasis, for example. So these things will come more and more. And the more we hear the Nam and the Leelas, the name and the pastimes, and our hearts become cleansed, we get more and more of these glimpses and sometimes some genuine feeling also. It's natural the mind will go there uh, the more we hear and have a feeling for these descriptions of Krishna, especially in Vrindavan. I'm sure we've all got this experience if we watch any TV show or a movie. If we were really absorbed in it, we had some feeling for it, then the next day we might see something related to that movie uh, and it will remind us. So let's say the hero used a sweeping brush uh, to beat an enemy. <laughs> so we'll, the next day we go out and we see a sweeping brush up against the wall. Then naturally our minds will go to that movie because it would be so fresh, right? Or you go down the road, you see someone waxing their car and your mind will naturally go to the karate kid. Um, but of course, there's a big difference also that with Krishna Leela, not only is it purifying, but the more we get a feeling for it, that the more we'll be following in the footsteps of the Rajvasis, this trait that we're discussing today of their minds always being absorbed in Krishna. And how we can really make, make uh, more progress in that direction also, um, and to fix the mind on Krishna and become more and more purified, is also shown by the Rajvasis in one of the ways that they're always thinking of Krishna. And this, of course, is the power of kirtan, uh, which, as we know, is our primary process, uh, especially nam kirtan. But there, there are many types of kirtan. We may not naturally do kirtan in the way the Rajvasis do, but we have a method uh, that will help us do so in the due course of time. Uh, well, let's get into that. The, kirtan itself is something we can take full advantage of. The, and the Vrajvasis, they remember Krishna by their kirtan. And the kirtan is also an expression of their love for, for Krishna. So we can utilize this principle in our own practice. But first, let's, let's uh, explore the Vrajvasis themselves a little more in this context. There are, there are many great examples uh, of the Vrajvasis always singing kirtan. Uh, the Yugala Gita, which is the 35th chapter of the 10th canto, it's a very nice example uh, with the gopis feeling separation from Krishna while he's in the forest with the cowherd boys. They, they would sing about him, sing, sing uh, about his different attributes and so on. Um, I'll, read, I'll read the first and concluding verse in this chapter, because to read the whole chapter uh, and discuss that would be a series in itself. Um, but 10.35.1 goes as follows. Shri Shukaruvacha Gopya Krishna Vanamyate Tamanudruta Chetasa Krishna Lila Pragayantyo Ninyur Dukena Vasaran. Shukadev Goswami said, Whenever Krishna went to the forest, the minds of the gopis would run after him, 
and thus the young girls sadly spent their days singing of his pastimes. And then the concluding verse, uh, verse 26, Sri Shukovacha Krishna Sri Shukadev Goswami said, O King, thus during the daytime the women of Vrindavan took pleasure in continuously singing about the pastimes of Krishna. And those ladies' minds and hearts, absorbed in him, were filled with great festivity. In the Brahmara Gita series, we heard of how uh, Nanda Maharaj was singing or speaking the pastimes of Krishna to Uddhava in separation, Lila Kirtan. The different places of Raj reminded Nanda Maharaj of different Leelas that took place in connection uh, with them. There's a nice section uh, I'd like to read from our Guru Maharaj's aesthetic Vedanta that brings some of these points out. Both the followers of Radha and Chandravali gathered together in one group and wandered throughout the forest, singing loudly as if insane. As they moved about, they asked the trees as to the whereabouts of Krishna, who like space is within and without all things. Thus, through the description of bhakti flowing from the pen of Yas and the mouth of Shukadev, the gopis instruct us in two important ways as to the means of spiritual progress, the efficacy of spiritual song and good company. The gopis sang loudly and in unison, joining together in kirtan, song in praise of God, has been highly recommended by Sri Chaitanya and his disciples. Kirtan's marginal characteristic is that it quickly cleanses the heart and affords liberation from birth and death. Its primary characteristic, however, is that it awakens the soul to the aesthetic experience, rasa, of Krishna in devotional love. The chanting can be strengthened by the company of those who are spiritually advanced and by the good advice found in such company. The gopis thus inquired from the trees, who were the vanaspati, or lords of the forest. They are so because of their benevolent nature in providing shade and shelter, as well as an abundance of nourishment for all who dwell there. The trees not only give all these things, but they do so without being asked. The trees are paradigms for ideal human behavior, that which is exemplified by the Vaishnavas, the devotees of Vishnu. From the Vaishnavas, we can get good advice and thus strengthen our resolve and deepen our understanding of the efficacy of all acts of devotion. We can learn the way to find He who is everywhere. We can learn, that is, to find ourselves, our relationship with the center, Krishna, for it is we alone who are lost. More humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, when will my mind attain these qualities? With this frame of mind, 
the true Vaishnav searches for Krishna and thus stands like a tree of the forest of life showing us the way. It's very beautiful, M many nice points. Um, but there are many, many types of kirtan and the Rajvasis engage in them all. We, we want to follow in that and, and become attached to kirtan and absorbed in singing about Krishna's Leela, for example, about his pastimes or play, about his guna, his qualities, and about his rupa or his form. But of course, to have deeper attraction, uh, genuine attraction, that the heart really needs to be cleansed of so many other attractions that we have. So an emphasis has been placed especially on non-kirtan, which will also lead to the others. It's not that we don't also do other forms of kirtan, though. Uh, you could say a Bhagavatam class is Leela Kirtan, for example. And we also sing bhajans from our acharyas uh, that describe the leelas, the gunas, and the rupa of Krishna. And they're all very wonderful and highly recommended. Um, but non-kirtan is especially emphasized, as we know, um, and it will also lead to the others. Um, so Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu describes different types of kirtan uh, and includes them as an anger of bhakti, naturally. So I'm going to read from 12145 to 12148, which uh, describe and give different examples of these different kirtans. Next, chanting kirtan is defined as the loud chanting of the holy names, pastimes, and qualities of the Lord. <clears throat> chanting of the holy name of the Lord, Nam Kirtanam, is illustrated in the Vishnu Dharma. O King, he who chants the auspicious holy name of Krishna turns to ashes ten million of the worst sins. 1 to 147. Lila Kirtan is illustrated in the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, 7, 9, 18. O my Lord Nursingadev, by engaging in your transcendental loving service in the association of devotees who are liberated souls, hungsas, I shall become completely uncontaminated by the association of the free modes of material nature and be able to chant the glories of your Lordship, who are so dear to me. I shall chant your glories, following exactly in the footsteps of Lord Brahma and his disciplic succession. In this way, I shall undoubtedly be able to cross the ocean of nescience. In 1-2-148, Guna Kirtan is illustrated in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam 1-5-22. Learned circles have positively concluded that the infallible purpose of the advancement of knowledge, namely austerities, study of the Vedas, sacrifice, chanting of hymns and charity, culminates in the transcendental descriptions of the Lord, who is defined in choice poetry. I really like um, Srila Prabhupada's purport, Srila Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, his purport to this verse that Srila Rupa Goswami quoted from the Bhagavatam, verse 7918, where Sri Prahlad is speaking. Because this purport brings out some nice points, I feel, 
that um, we should highlight in relation to Kirtan and following the Vrajvasis also. So I'll just read a small excerpt uh, from there. A devotee's life and duty are very well explained herein. As soon as a devotee can chant the holy name and glories of the Supreme Lord, he certainly comes to the liberated position. Attachment for glorifying the Lord by hearing and chanting the holy name and activities of the Lord, Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnaho, certainly brings one to the position where material contamination is absent. One should chant the bona fide songs received from the disciplic succession. In Bhagavad Gita, it is said that the chanting is powerful when one follows the disciplic succession. Evang parampara praptam imam raja shayo vidu, Bhagavad Gita 4.2. Manufacturing many ways of chanting will never be effective. However, chanting the song or the narration left by the previous acharyas, Mahajano Yenagata Sapanta, um, the Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya 17.186. So chanting the song or narration left by the previous acharyas is extremely effective, and this process is very easy. Therefore, in this verse, Prahlad Maharaj uses the word Agnya easily, accepting the thoughts of exalted authorities through disciplic succession is certainly much easier than the method of mental speculation by which one tries to invent some means to understand the absolute truth. The best process is to accept the instructions of the previous acharyas and follow them. Then God-realization and self-realization become extremely easy. So I really like these points because although our chanting at this stage may not be on the level of the Vrajvasis. By singing the songs of those who are Vrajvasis, or at least absorbed in thoughts of the Vrajvasis, we can get a lot of benefit. We, we may not be able to express on a deep level the same moods of separation, although we may get a glimpse at times. But singing songs with those moods already in them can help us get some feeling for it. So when we sing a mundane song, we've all got this experience, we feel some emotion rising in us naturally, right? But of course, with bhajan and kirtan, we're creating really powerful bhakti samskars at the same time, because we're associating with the moods of these great devotees who live in Vraj internally. I remember um, Agni Dev Prabhu, uh, quote, quoting Srila Prabhupada, saying that these songs are as good as the Vedas. And Agni Dev Prabhu, he made this point uh, that they're written, these songs are written for common people. So most of us may feel like common people, right? That we may not have a head for Vedanta or really deep scholarly studies, but we can certainly get so much from the moods that are expressed in the kirtans of our previous acharyas. Uh, later on, uh, when listing the five most important angas of bhakti, Srila Rupa Goswami uh, uh, includes Nam Sankirtan specifically in the list of items. So apart from 
Kirtan, as we've been discussing so far, as Angaza Bhakti. He points out non-Sankirtan specifically. So you, you may remember uh, these five, serving the deity, hearing the Bhagavatam, uh, Sadhu Sangha, or association, chanting Nam, and residing in Mathura. These five are particularly powerful. Uh, Srila Rupa Goswami points this out in uh, 1.2.238. It says, the last five items have inconceivable and astonishing power. What to speak of having faith in these items? If there is just a little relationship with these items, persons who are devoid of offenses can attain the level of bhava. And earlier in, uh, in uh, 1 230, Srila Rupa Goswami had quoted uh, this famous verse from the second canto to illustrate chanting Nam. So in 2.1.11, uh, there's this verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam that says, O King, constant chanting of the holy name of the Lord after the ways of the great authorities is the doubtless and fearless way of success for all, including those who are free from all material desires, those who are desirous of all material enjoyment, and those who are self-satisfied by dint of transcendental knowledge. And in, in his commentary uh, to this verse, um, to Srila Rupa Goswami quoting this verse, in Srila Jiva Goswami's commentary in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he writes, Nam Kirtan has no fear attached to it. It is beneficial for all, since it acts as both the sadhana and the sadhya, so the means and the end, the practice and the goal. And so as we discussed and have been discussing, those in perfection, those who are already perfect in every way, the Rajvasis, also, they also engage in kirtan. Their motivation or depth of mood might be quite different from where we may be. But this is something we can take from them to help us also in our progress and to remember Krishna and move in that direction. Leela, Guna, Rupa, and Nam. We, we want to become attached to always singing or speaking these things. As we know about Krishna Nam, it, it's said to descend directly from Goloka, right? This famous Golokera uh, Premadhama Hari Nam Sankirtan. Uh, Srila Narutam Das uh, Thakur sings this in um, Hari Hari Bipale. Um, so the translation to that, this is the second verse in that song. And the translation is, uh, The treasure of divine love in Goloka Vrindavan has descended as the congregational chanting of Lord Hari's holy names. Why did my attraction for that chanting never come about? Day and night, my heart burns from the fire of the poison of worldliness, and I have not taken the means to relieve it. So this is the easiest way to pursue always remembering Krishna. Uh, even though we might not always take full advantage of it, we, we hear so often how easy, easy it is, but maybe we, we feel similar. Uh, ho ho um, hopefully we're going, sometimes we at least feel that way, that Srila Narutam Das Thakur expresses that, I know it's so good for me, but I don't always have attraction to do it. But we know at least, it's there for us. Uh, in, in this digital age, especially, 
there's no shortage of kirtans to sing along with, even if one doesn't have others around them to always participate in kirtan with. You know, you can find kirtans that you like, for example, on YouTube and sing along. And so many nice bhajan videos have been made these days, even with the translation on the screen. So it's a nice way to familiarize oneself with different kirtans and bhajans. And this kirtan will not only purify us, but it's also the goal. Uh, as we we were discussing, we, we might lament now that we, we have no real taste uh, to chant always, but hopefully this will become transformed more and more as we make progress to chant always out of necessity, like we see with the Vrajvasis. The Vrajvasis naturally sing Krishna's glories all the time, including Nam. Uh, Mother Yashoda, when she's churning butter or cooking, is said to sing about Krishna's childhood pastimes. M many of you may have heard uh, a point that was often brought out um, by Srila Narayan Maharaj, for example, that while doing household tasks, the gopis would sing um, this Govinda Damo Dharamadaveti. If you ever go to um, any discussions uh, with, with that Sangha, uh, sometimes they, they, they like to sing this song uh, quite often. It's very beautiful. Um, so the point is their consciousness, the Vrajvasi's consciousness, is always fixed on Krishna, even when he's not physically with them. They're, they're with him by singing about him. Um, so I'm, we've all had that experience, as I was saying, you know, having a popular song stuck in our heads. So the more we hear Kirtan and the more we have a taste for Kirtan, we will have these songs stuck in our head also, hopefully. <laughs> and sometimes we may even sing spontaneously. And more and more, we want to be absorbed deeply in them. Uh, but it is both the way to that and the goal. Uh, and we, we can do it while doing various other tasks too. It's good to have some dedicated time where we're strictly focused on Nam. Obviously we have Japa also, but even Kirtan, where we're just focused on the Kirtan, this, this is very good. Uh, we, we, should, we should certainly have some of that in our lives. But it doesn't mean that while we are doing other tasks that don't necessarily require silence or too much of our mental faculties, uh, it can be nice to sing at the same time too. I'm sure many of you naturally do this anyway already. And it, it may take some effort at times also. Sometimes we may not uh, be in the mood or this or that. But it's very pleasurable when we get into the singing. Uh, it, it can take you away. And the more we become acquainted with the meaning of what we, we, we are singing, whether it's the bhajans or even with Nam, that's part of what we're doing, right? Through these Tapa Vivek series uh, and hearing from different sadhus and like that is try and get deeper and deeper understanding of what Nam really means. Then, the, But the more we will naturally think of Krishna when singing. It may be that we can't imitate the deep moods of separation or, or even be fully absorbed in meditating on the leelas that may come at higher levels. But that's the beauty of this practice of kirtan, that everyone can engage in it. And in due course, maybe we will be weeping for the fact we can't see Krishna. <laughs> but before that, we will also still chant to go in that direction. Uh, in one Q&A Sangha, our Guru Maharaj wrote, Thus we see the glory of Nam Sankirtan, the mercy of Harinam. Simply chanting Krishna Nam with the tip of one's tongue 
brings about actual meditation. Therefore, our meditation should begin with chanting, Nam Smaranam. This in turn is followed by meditation on the form and qualities of Krishna, Rupa Smaranam, Guna Smaranam, and ultimately meditation on Krishna's pastimes, Leela Smaranam, all of which are present in Harinam. Meditation is the fruit of Kirtan in Kali Yuga and thus represents an advanced stage of Bhakti. We may wonder how it will be possible for us to sing all the time. It doesn't always happen so spontaneously. Uh, I know that's true for myself. You know, we have taste for so many other things as we know. So we can probably relate a lot with that second verse of the Shikshashtakam, that we hear the glories of the power of Kirtan, of the name, yet we don't really have a taste for it, and especially not on the level of the Vrajvasis. Um, but we know also the next verse uh, also gives a method as to how we can chant always, Sada Hari. Uh, you know, this is given, this method, uh, which involves genuine humility and tolerance and so on. And we read a little about humility earlier on in terms of the trees uh, in Aesthetic Vedanta, that quote we read. And so many seminars can be given and have been given on the concept of humility and tolerance expressed in that verse. But this concept of honoring all others that we find in that verse will also tie in nicely with next week's topic. So although we aren't discussing this today, I just th thought it's worth mentioning this, at least in connection with Kirtan that we're discussing at the moment. Because there is a particular quality that de defines the very nature of Rindavan, and it's found in the psychology there that will be very useful for helping us to make spiritual progress and as a result develop more humility and tolerance and absorb ourselves more and more in Krishna Kirtan. Um, but I'll save, save what that is for next week. Um, but to conclude today, what we can take away from the Rajvasi psychology is that they are always thinking of Krishna and never forget him, whether he's physically there with him, with them or not. We, we can't artificially be as absorbed as they are, but we should be aware that our practices are taking us in that direction. And we may all be acting from different places and with good guidance we can understand what other things will be best for us at our current stage but we shouldn't neglect trying to cultivate always remembering krishna with feeling and never forgetting him and i i do emphasize with feeling um because we may think well we just do this mechanically even uh and i remember it's quite a humorous pastime from the early days of the Bhakti movement in the West in the 70s. I believe it was quite a while ago I read it, but it just came to mind today. I read it in um, Radha Damodar Vilas, which explores the lives of um, Jayananda Prabhu and Vishnu Jan Swami. And at least as I remember it, I may get some details wrong, but one person, one man had heard how that if one remembers Krishna at death, uh, then they will go to him, right? This verse in the Gita, what one thinks of at the end of uh, their lives, that, that they will attain in the next life. So if one thinks of Krishna, then they will go to Krishna. We, I'm sure we've all heard that. So he had heard this 
Um, but he he w went on his separate way and he didn't stay with the devotees, I believe. And uh, he wasn't seen by them for a long time. And then one day, while they were on Kirtan, this man emerged from the sewer, you know, like these manhole covers you find in, in America. Uh, he, he kind of emerged from this sewer and he had this hat on with this picture of Krishna in front of his eyes. Uh, so he was trying to guarantee that he would always think of Krishna. So if he was to leave his body, at least he'd be, you know, looking at Krishna. He'd, he'd always be thinking of Krishna. Now, it's quite a funny pastime. And as nice as it would be to have Krishna in front of one's eyes all the time, we, we wanted to come from feeling also. Uh, we wanted to be coming from feeling um, that will naturally come as our relationship develops more with him, and especially from hearing from those who have feeling for him. Um, hence why Sadhu Sangha was also emphasized earlier on. It's not just an artificial kind of, okay, I put this in front and then I'll always be thinking of Krishna. Um, so but we should especially take advantage of Nam as much as we are able to, especially in a way uh, that is prescribed by our gurus, uh, with Japa, for example, and also through Kirtan, and also study in the Bhagavatam, especially hearing explanations from advanced devotees and getting more of a feel for Krishna and his associates. So we will be reminded of him and them more and more, even in our daily lives. So I'd like to conclude with a nice excerpt from a transcript of a lecture our Guru Maharaj, my, my Guru Maharaj gave back in um, 2000. Uh, so, so the lecture was titled Srimad Bhagavatam, Studying with the Heart. And I think it expresses some of these ideas that we've discussed today in re regards to finding more ways to always remember Krishna, especially Vraj Krishna, just as the Vrajvasis do. So it goes as follows. We should, each of us, have a life, a spiritual life. Hearing from Sadhu and Guru is meant to give us a life so we can stand on our own feet fly our own plane, so to speak, fly as high as we can in the sky of our spiritual life. So 10th Canto is also for reading, and we can fly very high in the 10th Canto. We should know the first nine Cantos, we should know all of Srimad Bhagavatam, but hearing 10th Canto in particular, that will be very helpful for us. It is not that Jiva Goswami is saying that we should not read the other nine cantos and that we should just jump to the tenth canto, but we should come to it in due course. And then, at a certain point, we will be preoccupied with that, with Krishna Leela. How should we be preoccupied with Krishna Leela? Not that we will sit and artificially try to remember Krishna's Eightfold Leela, to try to project ourselves within that in an artificial way, when we don't have the purity of heart to sit peacefully and even pay attention to Nam Smaranam, chanting Japa. But rather, in a beginning way, we can do this Leela Smaranam in conjunction with our chanting by researching the Leelas of Krishna as they are presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam by the Acharyas. 
We should know everything about that person we say is our Lord, our friend, our God, Krishna. When was he born? Where was he born? Who are his parents? As much as we can draw from Srimad Bhagavatam and the commentaries and the supplementary literatures. So with that, um, I'd like to open up if there are any questions, comments or corrections. Um, and thank you for your, your time today. And also Ananga Mandri for keeping up with me. I'm sorry if I speak a bit too fast. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Okay, so I think um, we're finished for today. Um, and yeah, we'll hopefully uh, see you next time and hope you enjoy the rest of uh, your Kartik and see you soon. Hare Krishna. Panchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vyevacha Patitanam Bhavane Bhyo Vaishnade Bhyo Namo Namaha. Mohan Prabhu Ki Jai. Hare Krishna.